0: Good morning, Tyndale. Welcome to our second community chapel that is online, live streamed uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic was announced and we went into precautionary mode to ensure that our campus remains safe. Uh, I'm glad that you're with us today. I know this is a little bit of a different format than even last week when we were live uh, in Alumni Hall. Today I'm coming to you from my office and shortly you'll hear a sermon from the Reverend Dr. Barry Parker. Who is the rector of St. Paul's Bloor Street Anglican Church in downtown Toronto? He pre recorded a sermon yesterday from his church sanctuary. He's going to be speaking on peace, on prayer, prayer as a necessity of who we are as men and women, as followers of Jesus. And it is an appropriate uh, response to what's going on around us. For some of us, we're anxious and worried, others are despairing. Um, perhaps even without hope. This is something that is so new and so unprecedented to us. And yet we know that around the world, these sort of things happen with uh, unusual regularity. So we have the solidarity with our brothers and sisters in places that have to deal with things like this on a regular basis. And not that we would wish this to happen ever again to us or to anyone else. Uh, this is our reality right now and it's something that we have to think through and pray through and and be challenged about in community and that's why we continue to think that coming together on third on tuesdays at eleven fifteen is so important to be together as community even remotely but stitched together with a sense of who we are and why we're here and knowing that we are followers of jesus christ the one who hears our calls Response to our pleas, and that we, if we take just a moment to listen to him, that he will speak to us also. That's really what Dr. Parker's uh, message is about today: prayer, as understood even within the Lord's prayer, something that uh, so many of us know by heart and by rote because it's something we grew up with, and yet sometimes we don't really think about the words and the substance of what they are. We're so grateful to, for Dr. Parker to be with us today. Um, he uh, and his wife, Kathy, who works in the office of the President here at Tyndale, will be actually moving out to Edmonton this summer, as Dr. Parker wraps up his tenure at St. Paul's downtown after 20 years of ministry and service to that congregation. It was about um, almost 20 years ago that Dr. Parker was invited to speak at Tyndale in our community chapel at the old Valley Connor campus. It was an early September Tuesday in 2001, uh, and as he was driving up to Tyndale, he realized that the world had changed as we all did that morning on 9-11, as incidents in the United States, particularly in New York City and Washington, uh, caused a lot of uh, uncertainty and uh, despair and and uh, and panic, frankly. And, and here we are again now in 2020. And when Dr. Parker agreed to speak in chapel today, none of us could have ever imagined what we would be facing um, on this day, March 23rd, 2020. So we're so deeply grateful that he has taken the time out of his schedule to be with us, even in the remote form that you will hear from him in a minute. Um, uh, As I conclude, I'm going to offer a prayer and then Dr. Parker will will speak. And then after Dr. Parker's uh, message, I'll come back online and quickly offer a prayer to wrap things up. I pray that you are well, that you are physically well, emotionally well, mentally well. I know these days are challenging and difficult, but as our Lord Jesus Christ has told us, even during these days of Lent, a time as we move toward the crucifixion, that we are reminded as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, that we can practice resurrection in all spheres of our lives and bring light into a world that is in such such desperate need of it Uh, to bring hope into hearts that are despairing right now and to be instruments of grace in a world that seems to have gone terribly sideways at least for this moment in time so i pray that you are well that your studies are going well for for students that faculty and staff are continuing to work together to provide the services that we can in this extraordinary uh, time and um, that we will prevail together because we practice resurrection in the name of jesus christ so let's pray together god we thank you so much for this day that you've given to us a day that is filled with um, uncertainty and a lot of mystery it's difficult to see the light in the midst of all the the cloud covering upon us and yet we know God that you are here that you are sovereign that you are a God of hope and a God of joy and a God of love So we put our trust in that God not really knowing where else to put our trust Thank you for our frontline uh, officers of health doctors nurses paramedics the uh, firefighters and police officers that are on the front lines thank you for the grocery grocery clerks the pharmacists uh, all the people that are still able to serve us in ways that uh, we are so deeply appreciate and uh, we take for granted almost every day. Thank you for this community, God. Thank you for our students. I pray God in your precious name that you will be with them that you will comfort them, that you will bring them peace, and that they will know that they are centered in the palm of uh, in the center of your palm, for our faculty as they continue to do the challenging work of transitioning from in-class context to online context. Thank you for their expertise, their willingness, their flexibility, their prayerfulness. And for our staff, the people that really keep this place going, God, thank you so much for all the members who so diligently work for the sake of Tyndale and for, for our students. God, for admissions and reception, and thank you for um, for student financial services and for registration, for student development and for external relations. Thank you for IT, God, for the men who are keeping all this going for us all to make sure that this is happening. I pray, God, your cloak of mercy upon our community, that you will protect us, that you will keep us, that your face will shine upon us in the midst of these uncertain and challenging days. God, thank you for Dr. Parker, for his message today. Uh, We are so grateful for his life and his ministry within Toronto. And will you keep him well as he moves transitions from that to new opportunities into the future? God, you're good, and we love you. We're so grateful for for your presence, for the hope that you instill within us, for the ability by the Spirit to practice resurrection every moment of our lives. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: We do live in what seems to be crazy times. So the best thing we can do together is to pray. So right where you are, no matter what you're doing, just take a moment to pause, to still your mind, and allow me to pray. Living God, we thank you for the technology that allows us to proclaim your word and to mine the depth and breadth of prayer. During this unprecedented time of the COVID 19 global pandemic, with all its uncertainty, fear, and economic impact, we hold before you all who have been infected and are affected. We pray for all frontline medical workers, researchers, and government policymakers who are seeking a way forward for our city, our province, our country. And now, may only God's truth be spoken here, may only God's be received here and I pray this in the name of God the Father Jesus Christ the Son and God the Holy Spirit amen well today we're going to focus on a particular passage it's st. Paul's letter to the Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 through 14 for this reason since the day we heard about you we have not stopped praying for you we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins the word of the Lord thanks be to God now in this season of Lent Lent 2020 here at st. Paul's Blur street where I serve as pastor we're focusing on prayer When we designed this sermon series months ago, we had no idea what was coming, of course, with respect to COVID-19 and the crisis that has ensued. But what is becoming progressively clear each day is that we couldn't be focused on anything more relevant or vital than prayer. Now it was suggested to me that other themes in Lent have been spoken about at Tyndall, and perhaps my focus should be on silence. But the more I reflected, the more I thought about that, I realized that we have to begin and end with prayer. Silence, genuine silence won't occur without prayer. Of that, I am convinced. So we're diving deep into the reality of life and life-changing prayer, using the Lord's Prayer as our model. Uh, What is becoming increasingly obvious as we dig into the Lord's Prayer is not that it is universal and even mundane to some, but rather, But rather, studying the Lord's Prayer, digging deep into it, is like having a stick of dynamite in one hand and a blasting cap in the other. There is so much explosive potential in this prayer. Well, you know the prayer well. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Today, I want to focus on the kingdom of God. Because I believe these three little words, your kingdom come, speak to our current reality clearly and decisively. Now, we know there's various types of kingdom. There's the middle kingdom, a period of time during the history of ancient Egypt. There's the kingdoms of the Middle Earth in Tolkien's masterful Lord of the Rings. Or kingdom in terms of a realm with royalty over the realm. For example, in 2020, there are 54 nation-states with defined boundaries who make up the Commonwealth within the realm of Queen Elizabeth II. Or perhaps in your travels, you've passed a Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, in the Bible, when Jesus or Paul speak of kingdom, it's not a nation-state or defined territory or a building, but rather the authority, rule, or sovereign power of the King, Jesus Christ. In fact, it's referenced in other places in Scripture where Paul is writing to, uh, as an elderly man, is writing to young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 13. He says, in the sight of God, who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testif- testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you, Timothy, to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of Kings, lord of lords in revelation chapter 1 john introduces the doxology by saying john to the seven churches in the province of asia grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from jesus christ who is the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth Well, as the ruler of the kingdom of heaven is King Jesus, submitting to the king is intrinsic in the relationship between sovereign and subject. Jesus, King of kings, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins, we see that Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, which has another sinister ruler, of course, but he's brought us into the kingdom of light where he rules and reigns. Well, in this passage I began with from Colossians, Paul articulates two aspects of this kingdom. The first is the realm of spirit-infused knowledge. So appropriate for a place like Tyndale University. But he's not using gnosis there as in head knowledge. He's using a distinctive word called epignosis, heart knowledge, practical wisdom and understanding. It's characterized by light and holiness, truth and love and glory. It's because God's will is imported by spirit-fueled wisdom, which wisdom is learning from experience, of course, and understanding, which is comprehending life. And both this wisdom and understanding are dependent on the agency of God's Holy Spirit. So this is knowledge that's not dependent on intellectual capacity, IQ or the academic degree you possess. It's only with this supernatural knowledge of God's kingdom, can we then live a life worthy of bearing fruit. And what is this fruit? Well, Paul tells us in another part of Galatians, the fruit of God's spirit resulting from a knowledge of God in chapter five, beginning at 22, he says, the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the realm of spirit infused knowledge. The second aspect that Paul unpacks in Colossians 1 is the realm of spirit-infused power. And it has three aspects. The first is that of joyful thanks. Thanksgiving, which is unconditional. It's not attached to external events or experiences, something we all desperately need in our day and age. After joyful thanks, he speaks of endurance, the ability to bear up under difficult circumstances. All of us are being challenged at this moment. Individuals and families and, and groups, and certainly Tyndall, certainly St. Paul's, were all being challenged. Endure by the spirit infused power of God. So joyful thanks, endurance, and then finally, something we often pray for but don't seem to have too much of patience. Patience, which is the state of emotional and spiritual calm in the face of provocation or misfortune, complaint or irritation. Those three things then thanksgiving endurance, and patience. They're the opposite of what we're experiencing today in cultural reactivity, deep fear and anxiety, and any societal evidence of self-centeredness. We noted earlier that as a subject submits to the king, and that applies to us as church as well, as followers of Jesus. In our individualistic, self-focused age, it applies even when we find the concept of submission repulsive. Yet, look at the outcome that comes at the end of that passage. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Jesus has rescued us and placed us in the kingdom of light. The rescue has been undertaken. It is accomplished. It is completed. Implications for us as followers of Jesus in this season? Well, we have an opportunity both individually and a faith community, even gathering virtually, to be a non-anxious presence. A non-anxious presence in the face of high anxiety. Fear and anxiety rise in us because we realize we're not in control. But truth be told, we never were in control. We just thought or hoped we were. Yet we know this, Jesus is in control. He rules and reigns. I heard someone recently say, when fear knocks at the door, choose to let faith answer the door. Theologian and missionary E. Stanley Jones said many years ago, surrender the thing you fear into the hands of God. Turn it right over to God and ask him to solve it with you. Fear is keeping things in your own hands. Faith is turning them over into the hands of God. This faith-defying fear is the living knowledge of love, joy, peace, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Allow me to say that again. This fear-defying faith in following Jesus is having a living knowledge, is generated by the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it also is the divinely inspired power of thanksgiving, of endurance and patience what a difference these things will make to our world as we continue to live into the kingdom of heaven thanks be to god
0: as we conclude today's chapel service uh, again thank you for joining us we're grateful that you've taken a moment out of your schedule to sabbath with us to take a pause in the midst of sometimes chaotic moments in our lives Uh, to know that each of us are together in this, that our community is stitched together uh, by prayer, by presence, and by the power of God's love and His grace. I'd like to conclude with uh, a prayer and a brief passage from the Gospel of John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus offers us peace, and he will overcome. Let's pray as we conclude our chapel service. Eternal God, since silence seems to be the voice of holiness, the only language you speak directly, then we pray to be steeped in it, until we fear it last and welcome it as an usher to grace, a, narr- a narrator of sacred mysteries, until silence cease the fretful conversations of our minds with too little else than itself, until silence calms our hearts to an ease, convene our senses to an anchor focus, hush our tongues to a chastened hold, until we discern in the silence an answer to that necessary question, which, for the very life of all of us, it has not yet occurred to us to ask. God, until we are stretched alive and deep to its dimensions and catch at last and ready your assuring wink at all of us. God, let us be steeped in your presence, in your silence. Let us know that you are here. And you are among us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace to serve and love the Lord. Amen.